Um, so I went back to Nashville to go see the doctor. Um, I had to go get a second MRI because he wanted to see if anything changed. Um, it was interesting. It was a nice building and they asked me what music I wanted to play, to play my headphones. And I said, pop and literally not even kidding. The very first song that popped up in the headphones was Cruel Summer. And I was like, see, we're just going to vibe. And that's pretty much all I did. It was good. We went to, then we went to this like cookie shop. It was like Christy, Christie's cookies. Um, got a few cookies and then to kill more time, we were going to go to the Parthenon, but it was closed. And so we kind of just walked around the park. I went and saw the Taylor Swift bench, <laughs> took my picture with it. It was fun. Um, and then I went to go see Dr. Bird and basically confirmed that I'm having surgery in December, like a couple days before Christmas. So Merry Christmas to me. Um, and then this weekend, me and Carmen, well, not this week. Yeah, it was technically the weekend at that point. Um, we sat down in my living room, turned all the lights off, and watched Five Nights at Freddy's on Peacock. <laughs> yep. Um, it wasn't that scary. No, and I didn't think it would be because it was PG-13, which I was kind of shocked that it was PG-13, but not really. I was like, there's... I was like, they're probably not going to put it at rated R. But, um, I loved it. As a FNAF fan, it was definitely my movie. Um, I'm definitely going to watch it again this weekend. I can't, however, I've been seeing some debate. Like, I've been seeing some fans being genuinely, people who've not liked it because it's confusing. And, like, I don't know. I kind of think that's on purpose of it not being very straightforward and very vague because that's the whole emphasis of Five Nights at Freddy's. Like, the story is very cryptic. It's, like, very vague. Like, you can't really piece it together, especially the timeline. But all we have are these just, like, small snippets of story. And so I think that, mo I think it was kind of on purpose because Scott Cawthorn was behind it. And... I was definitely a love letter to the fans. Josh Hutcherson was fantastic. He was gorgeous. Matthew Lillard, amazing as always. Um, animatronics were cute, <laughs> which, which is weird considering they're giant mass murdering robots. But in reality, I think people forget. People were very confused by the whole fort scene. Being like, the animatronics don't act this way. But I'm like, I don't think people realize that Yes, the animatronics are scary. Yes, they've killed people. But at the end of the day, there's still kids inside of there. And they're just acting like kids. So, <laughs> it's nothing Well, new. and to some degree, they do need content. I mean, if you just made it like the game, then they'd just be hunting them the entire time. <laughs> like, you have to have content. And I, people are, now people are scratching their heads because, like, there's so many, like, there were so many references that I caught that were, like, from the books, um, and all that stuff, and I lost my train of thought, 
Um, people are mad because, like, the lore is confusing. Like, why is... Why is Vanessa here? Why is she William's kid? And I think... And I think somebody talked about this. Like, this is separate from the game. This universe is separate from the games. It's separate from the books. It's a completely new universe. And so Scott Cawthon can just do whatever he wants. And that's what he's doing. But I am really excited because... We are definitely getting more movies. One, because of the ending. And two, because Matthew Lillard has confirmed that he signed a three-movie deal. So, we're getting more movies. <laughs> and I'm <Already>. ready. <laughs> but hey, you'll get to see more of Josh Hutcherson. Oh, bless that boy. I just, I've missed him on my screen. He, he did it. Oh. I think he's officially, like, all his edits are making their way through my TikTok. And I'm like, thank you. For the Josh Hutcherson appreciation. Like, I just... I'm so excited for him to be back on my screen. I think... Isn't this his first, like, time, like, coming back? It's his first time as a main character being back on the screen. Because I think he's been a side character and some stuff. And I I think for, like, him coming back as, like, a main character in a franchise that has been very successful, he did a really good job. Because well, now I guess he kind of gets his own franchise, where he's like, with The Hunger Games, he was a main character, but it was kind of Jennifer Lawrence's thing. So, because she's the main character. He did, a, he did a really good job. And Matthew Lillard stole the show, as always. He did, re- he did a really good job. I liked him. Um, I saw a clip today that was showing the moment where he is in his office for the first time. And he says his name, yep. and he pauses on the last name, because he realizes it's the brother. And so some people are talking about this now, of, like, how the Schmidt family is going to be the the Emilys of the, of the movie universe. So back in, in the games, William Afton had a partner, Henry Emily, and... He, Henry Emily had a daughter, Charlie, and she was killed by Afton. And so a lot of people are speculating that Garrett is supposed to be a parallel to Charlie, and they're speculating that he might be the puppet, which is pretty solid, but who knows? We'll have to find out <laughs> FNAF 2. Um, for me, I had two book clubs this week. Um, Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, they were both a blast. Um, Tuesday night was with my gals from around here. <laughs> um, we discussed The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna. We ate Mexican food. It was a good night. It was a good discussion, too, because that book is just full of, like, discussion points. So, it was a good discussion. And then Thursday, I had book club, the book club that Hallie and I are in, but Hallie couldn't make it. Um... But um, we did like a, everybody chose a color, and then you had to wear that color and bring food that color. So I had yellow, so I had Lay's Chips, Sour Patch Kids, and Lemonade. Um, and wore yellow, obviously. But we had a blast. We talked about uh, The Grimrose Girls by Laura Pohl, um, which is on both mine and Hallie's wrap-ups for this month, obviously, because of book club. So um, we discussed that, and Taylor Swift... And speaking of that, um, 1989 Taylor's version released this week. Oh, 
So that was fun. The vault tracks. Um, now that we don't talk, is it over now and say don't go are my favorites. Mine are, here's my ranking right now. So it goes, now that we don't talk, Suburban Legends, is it over now? Slut. And then say don't go. <laughs> That's how it goes right now. Um, I don't have a specific word. I like them all. They're but yeah, all I like them all. I wish now that we don't talk was a little bit longer. This is very short. That's not that short. I think it's like... It feels sh- it feels shorter. It's a shorter song, but it, it's shorter of the album, but it's not that short. I mean, I've... It's it's longer than an interlude, so I'll take it. Um, and then I've been watching a lot of Halloween movies this week, so watch The Addams Family. I still need to watch Addams Family Values. I think tonight I'm going to watch Addams Family Values and... Hocus Pocus, and then I was going to watch the others tomorrow night, but I'm going to be gone out trick-or-treating, and I don't know what time we'll be getting back, so I might watch another movie tonight, and then, I don't know. <laughs> I still need to watch Adam's Family Values, Hocus Pocus, Coraline, and the second and third Halloween Town, so I'll probably throw one of those last three that I mentioned in with tonight, maybe Halloween Town too. And save Coraline and Halloween Town 3 for tomorrow. Yeah. Because um, I am going to have a little bit when I get home before I have to leave. So that'll be nice. Um, threw together a last minute Halloween costume for that. Um, so I had a Halloween costume for my Halloween party. Which, if you guys are interested in seeing those photos, they're on my Instagram. Uh, which is linked below. But, um... I had to get a new costume because I'm going out with my one of my best friends and her husband and two kids, and they're doing Mario characters. Um, and so I threw together a last-minute Boo costume. So I'll have time to get ready for that before I have to go once I get home from work. And then, finally, I have started a Pretty Little Liars rewatch. I don't know if I mentioned this last week or not. Um, cause I had already started it last week. I am on season three, started season three today. Like when Hallie came down to record, I was at the end of episode one. Um, season three's crazy. It's a wild time. Season three destroyed me. If you know, you know, season three was when I started watching it on TV live. And there's a big plot twist in season three that had me like, sobbing I was so angry if you know you know um but I don't know so I used to always say that my favorite character was Spencer and I still love her but this time around for whatever reason I'm like 100% Hannah I don't know if it's because I haven't watched it in a couple years so maybe like I've I used to always feel like I wanted to be Spencer, and now I just realized that I am Hannah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I don't know. Personality-wise, I feel like I match Hannah better this time around. And Arya is getting a little on my nerves a little extra this time around, so we'll see what happens. But, yeah, it's a different kind of rewatch. But I think that's all I've got for live updates. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Family Fiction with Hallie and Carmen. Did you almost forget to say your name? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And today we're going to be doing our October wrap up. I apologize in advance for my wrap up because it is very short. <laughs> yes. Two I books. Re- I reordered the doc. Do you see where I reordered it? Yeah. Okay. Mine's a little sad. So before we get into that, Hallie, what are you currently reading? Uh, I've not started it yet, but I'm hoping to. Um, The Haunting by Natasha Preston. Okie dokie. Mm-hmm. I said okie dokie. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what'd you say? What are you currently reading? Um, I finished... There's a book on my wrap-up for this month that I finished today, but I am also currently in the middle of listening, re-listening to the um, Harry Potter, so I'm on Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix by J.K. Rowling. Um, I'm about halfway through it. I always catch something new every time I, like, reread these and listening to it. I'm catching more new things, I guess, like, since I'm just listening to it, I'm not having to, like, actually read it and pay attention. Like, I'm just catching more things. And I forget everything that happens in the Order of the Phoenix. There's so much that happens in the books that were left out of the movies. And I forget about it. Just, like, the expansion of Sirius Black is gone. Um, Spew is nowhere to be found. And, like, Quidditch just suddenly left the planet in the movies. So, it's kind of fun to, like... And also all the stuff with Percy is very different. Um, but I'm enjoying listening to it. This is, so I go back and forth all the time on whether The Order of the Phoenix or Half-Blood Prince is my favorite. Um, Order of the Phoenix movie is my favorite of the series, but I go back and forth between the fifth and sixth book on which one's my favorite all the time. So I'm enjoying this because it is tied with Half-Blood Prince, so it is one of my favorites and always love listening to this one especially like luna's introduced and she's one of my favorite characters so but my favorite book character is jenny and she is more prominent in half-blood prince so maybe that's where half-blood prince kind of outdoes it a little bit but i digress um but yeah that's my current reading all right so now we are going to get into our discussion of our October wrap-ups. Carmen, how many do you have? So, I think I actually kept it off this month with seven. And I'm very proud of myself. I have not had this many reads to wrap up since, like, March. Because I hit a huge reading slump this year. And this is, like, my normal amount of books that I get done in a month. So, I'm very proud of myself. Well, you can usually get more done because you read a physical book but then you also listen to a book yes i don't have that well you could have that i know <laughs> listen it, they're on libby Audio, i know audiobooks are on libby um so i only read two this month um because this was a very chaotic month for me and also about halfway through the first book on my list um I hit a huge reading slump ugh like I'm still like struggling with it it's honestly awful I think spooky season is what rallied me because I love spooky season and I love reading books for spooky season so I think like that mindset this month is what got me back to my normal because I was like these are books I'm really excited to read Mm mm-hmm all right well yeah 
So I'm going to start us off. I think I've got one, two, three, three books to start us off with. And then Hallie's going to give her first one. Um, so the first books, the first book, hello, that I had was The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna. In France, 1939, in the quiet village of Caravaux, Vienne, Mariac says goodbye to her husband Antoine as he heads for the front. She doesn't believe that the Nazis will invade France, but they do. In droves of marching soldiers, in caravans of trucks and tanks, in planes that fill the skies and drop bombs upon the innocent. When a German captain requisitions Vianne's home, she and her daughter must live with the enemy or lose everything. Without food or money or hope, as danger escalates all around them, she is forced to make one impossible choice after another to keep her family alive. Vianne's sister, Isabel, is a rebellious 18-year-old searching for purpose with all the reckless passion of youth. While thousands of Parisians march into the unknown terrors of war, she meets Gaton, a partisan who believes the French can fight the Nazis from within France, and she falls in love as only the young can, completely. But when he betrays her, Isabel joins the resistance and never looks back, risking her life time and again to save others. So I gave this book a five. Um, writing a five, characters a five, plot a five, and spice a two. Um, trigger warnings for sexual violence towards women, violence towards children, and violence motivated by racism. Um, so I thought this book was, like, super incredible. I do not like historical fiction, but I loved this book. I did listen to it. Um, I think that helped me, because if it is a, like... With the Infernal Devices by Cassandra Clare, it's historical, and I found that listening to it, I was actually more into it than I would have been if I was reading it, so I think that helped a lot, because I didn't have to, like, concentrate on the pages and decipher things in my head. I was able to just listen to it and picture it. Um, honestly, this was such an emotional roller coaster of a book. I really can't even put it into words. Um... It was incredible. I just, the characters were so complex and you couldn't, like, anytime you were, like, characters you were angry at, you would love in the next chapter. Like, there wasn't a single character other than the obvious. Um, like, the two main sisters, like, there were times when I didn't like Isabel. There were times when I didn't like Vianne and vice versa, like, and then loved each one of them. So, like... It was just a roller coaster. Um, it is heartbreaking to realize the reality of this book. Um, I, it's really sad because it is such an incredible book and it's, you know, a story of strength and survival and growing and, you know, becoming the person you're meant to be. But it's sad because you know that somebody probably went through the things that they went through in this book because it is based during World War II. Um, and so a lot of it is based on real life and it's just sad to think that you know that people went through some of the stuff that they went through um but an incredible book if you're looking for like a heartwarming um book on survival with strong female leads this is it 
The next two books that I read for this month were Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban by J.K. Rowling and Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire by J.K. Rowling. Um, Harry Potter is about a boy named Harry Potter who one day finds out that he is a wizard and he's whisked off to the wizarding world of magic and wonder and he starts to attend this school called Hogwarts which is the school of witchcraft and wizardry. While there, he meets fellow wizards, Ron and Hermione, and becomes best friends, and then they embark on many adventures from there. Um, these are listed as kids' books, technically, but honestly, I'm 25 years old, and they're still amazing. Um, and at the time that they were coming out, that was one thing, like, parents were reading these books, and were like, these are fantastic. So... Don't just don't get discouraged by the fact that they are kids' books, um, but I'm not gonna give the individual synopses for *Prisoner of Azkaban* and *Goblet of Fire* just because if you haven't read them, then the synopsis might be some spoilers. So um, for *Prisoner of Azkaban*, trigger warnings for animal abuse, animal death, blood, body horror, bones, bullying, child abuse. Amen. Fat phobia, hospitalization, kidnapping, and stalking. Yeah, there's lots of things that happen <laughs> in these books that are like borderline child abuse. Like, come on, people. Um, book writing characters and plot, all of five. I love these books. I have, I've been rereading them every year for like, gosh, I don't even know, probably six or seven years. Um, I just always love rereading these, and specifically Prisoner of Azkaban, because my, one of my favorite characters is Sirius Black. Um, I loved him so much, like, he's just so complex and so different, and he's heroic, but he is flawed, he has his issues, um, but he's one of my favorite characters, and this book is pretty much about him, so I just love getting to learn more about this character and you get to learn more things about the marauders in this book which is amazing because the books or the movies didn't give us that um and so just getting to learn more about harry's parents and harry's parents past and their time at hogwarts and the little friend group that they created um again there's just so much information missed in the movie adaptation um specifically just the marauder stuff and some more stuff with like snape and stuff is mixed up and Crookshanks is really missing but um yeah I love the prisoner of Azkaban moving on to the goblet of fire uh trigger warnings for blood body horror child abuse child death fat phobia gore hate speech hospitalization kidnapping self-harm snakes spiders and torture so <laughs> I'm reading these trigger warnings and these trigger warnings make these books sound like they're horrendous they're really not that bad, guys, um, so if you're that worried about it. I mean, they are kids' books. Like, if you're listening to these trigger warnings and thinking it's going to scar your kids for life, it's fine. They're okay. Carmen they came out books. okay. Yeah, they are kids' books. Um, the trigger warnings are more like a light warning. Like, there is underlying themes of this because, honestly, you have to be an adult to catch up this stuff. Like, as a kid reading them, I was like, okay, Vernon and... Petunia are just, you know, they're the worst. Um, they're not great. See you later. And 
as an adult, I'm like, this is child abuse. So you just like, you have to kind of be an adult to catch most of these things. Um, once again, book, writing, characters, plot, all of five. Um, I mean, The Goblet of Fire is the most, one of the most different from the movie, I would say. That and The Order of the Phoenix. Half-Blood Prince is rather different, too. Like, they, there was quite a bit missing from these, um, from the movies. But, um, this one misses a lot. Specifically, the stuff they go through at the end of the book is really changed. Um, but I did... One thing that they put in the movies that's not in the book that I did, like, hear as I was listening to it was, That's my boy! <laughs> that's not in the book. Um, also, the Hogwarts March, just, like, playing loudly in the background, <laughs> is not in there, obviously. Um, but it is a fun read for spooky season, especially with, like, the tasks and stuff they have to undergo in this book. Like, there's dragons, there's spiders, there's snakes. It's just very spooky season themed um two characters that I love in this book are Winky and Dobby they are two house elves and just sorely sorely missed from the movies um but I love Winky and Dobby and and then also Spew Spew's like introduced in this book and nowhere to be seen so that's fun um but yeah I love these books I love the Harry Potters. I'll talk about them anytime, anywhere. You know, just let me know and I'll drop at the drop of a hat. Hallie. Um, so my first book that I have on my list is A Darker Shade of Magic by V.E. Schwab. It is the first book in a trilogy. I I have an interesting relationship with V.E. Schwab. There's like I read Gallant or started reading Gallant. And never finished it because it was very slow. And this was the complete opposite. Um, Welcome to Grey London. Dirty and boring, without any magic, with one mad king, George III. Then there is Red London, where life and magic are revered. And White London, a city slowly being drained through magical war down to its very bones. And once upon a time, there was Black London. But no one speaks of that now. Officially, Kel is the Red Traveler, one of the last magicians who can travel between the worlds, acting as ambassador and messenger between the Londons in service of the Marish Empire. Unofficially, he's a smuggler, which is a dangerous hobby for him to have. As proved, when Kel stumbles into a setup with a forbidden token from Black London. Fleeing into Grey London, Kel runs afoul of Delilah Bard, a cut purse with lofty aspirations who first robs him then saves him from a dangerous enemy, and then forces Kel to spirit her to another world for a proper adventure. But perilous magic is afoot, and treachery lurks at every turn. To save all of the worlds, they'll first need to stay alive. Fun times. Um, I gave the book a 4.7 out of 5, Writing a five, characters a five, plot a four out of five, and then spice like a zero point five. Like it's there wasn't really much of anything, but there's some stuff that's mentioned. Um 
Trigger warnings for this book, um, abuse, assault, attempted murder, attempted rape, blood, bones, death, decapitation, gore, hostages, kidnapping, manipulation, murder, self-harm, sexual assault, sexual violence, slavery, snakes, terrorism, torture, and violence. (laughs) Fun times. There's a lot that happens in this book. Um... I thought it was very, very good, and it really sucks that halfway through this book, I got hit with a reading slump, but it was not because of the book. It was because of stupid school nonsense. Um, definitely was not bored while reading it. I thought the plot was pretty intriguing, especially, like, with the, the, I would say, politic side of it, because there's lots of drama going on in this book with the rulers of these different Londons. Um, and speaking of the different Londons, I would say out of, this is probably one of my favorite worlds in, like, a fantasy book. I think it's really interesting with that there's parallel Londons that literally are on top of each other and that they're, and that they're all so different. I think it's really interesting. And, the, lo- the lore is really not that complicated. It's pretty easy to understand, which I like. I like it when lore can be simple and basic to the point when explaining it, but it can also be intriguing at the same time. Um, Kel is now officially one of my favorite characters. I loved him throughout this whole book. And the dynamic between him and Delilah is so fun because they just pick- they bicker back and forth and poke fun at each other it's it's good times loved it all right moving on to more of yours the next one on my list is the screaming screaming staircase by jonathan straub so this is the first book in the lockwood and company book series um when the dead come back to haunt the living lockwood and company step in for more than 50 years, the country has been affected by a horrifying epidemic of ghosts. A number of psychic investigation agencies have sprung up to destroy the dangerous apparitions. Lucy Carlyle, a talented young agent, arrives in London hoping for a notable career. Instead, she finds herself joining the smallest, most ramshackle agency in the city run by the charismatic Anthony Lockwood. When one of their cases in the city run Hold on. When one of their cases goes horribly wrong, Lockwood and company have one last chance of redemption. Unfortunately, this involves spending the night in one of the most haunted houses in England and trying to escape alive. Set in a city stalked by specters, The Screaming Staircase is the first in a chilling new series full of suspense, humor, and truly terrifying ghosts. Your nights will never be the same again. And I agree. Um, So I really love this book if you have not watched the show on uh, Netflix then you really need to because I was just so sad that literally they canceled it and the show was so like spot on with the books and that's really infuriating for it to be so matchy matchy with the books and to not get a second season. Like, how infuriating is that? Like, 
of all the shows, like, we usually cancel, we leave shows on, like, the Shadowhunters, we let them run on forever when they have no longer matched the books. So, it's just infuriating. Um, trigger warnings for body shaming, child abuse, domestic abuse, suicide, and attempted suicide on page, blood and gore depiction, including dead bodies, physical injuries, hospitalization, death of a mother and father recounted, Murder, explosion, fire, drowning, and torture. Lovely. So much. Um, gave the book a five, writing a five, characters a five, plot a five, and spice a zero. Because there's not any, nobody even, like, holds hands. Um, so, this is a great read for spooky season if you need something for next spooky season that you want to save till then. Or you're just looking for a cute little spooky read. This is it. Um, I just really love this book so much because the show is so good and the book was so good. And oh, there are moments where you're just on the edge of your seat and you're freaked out. Um, but it's nothing too crazy. It's not a Stephen King novel. Like, it is found in the kids' section at Barnes & Noble. You have to go to the kids' books to get them. Um, so they're not too spooky, but they are so cute and I love the characters the characters are so witty Lucy is honestly a one of my top favorite main characters in a book like she does it she's just so complex and like relatable like me too Lucy I would also be saying hey wh why don't we not go in that spooky building um but in this world you're kind of set up with people who have talents and it's usually kids, and they will eventually grow out of it. So, kids are your ghost hunters. Um, they can be as young as six years old or as old as 18. So, a six-year-old could be around ghost hunting. Um, and these, they have talents. So, you, some can see ghosts. Some can hear ghosts. Some have both, a little bit of both sight. Um yeah, it's kind of complex. The book does a good job of explaining it. And at the back of each book is a glossary. So if you were confused on what something is and you don't feel like it's explained well enough, go to the back of the book and it's all there. Um, so I'm just, again, like so infuriated because the show got it so spot on with the book. And it just makes me so sad that we won't get to see more of the show. Um, but yeah, if you were looking for a book that's going to leave you only slightly frightened but very intrigued, this is it. So, with that in mind, the next book that's on my list is The Whispering Skull by Jonathan Stroud. This is the second book in the series. Trigger warnings for body shaming, sexism, blood and gore depiction, including dead bodies, physical injuries, medical experimentation, murder and attempted murder, gun violence, kidnapping, and loss of autonomy slash possession. Okay, so, book of five, writing of five, characters of five, plot of five, spice of zero. Um, again, so freaking good. I finished this one today. Um, I think this one is my favorite so far. So, this was, in the show, it was just one season. The first half of season one was book one. The second half of season one was book two. And this was my favorite plot line of the season. So I really enjoyed this book. This one was my favorite so far. Um, they just, they investigated another haunted house. <laughs> and every time they investigate a haunted house, I just like scream at the pages. Why are we doing this? Why are we here? 
hello oh yeah. oh you're going towards where the spiders are because that's where the source is cool two very different people no thank you um especially last night was reading my book and the air kicked on in the house and it made mom and dad's bedroom door shut and we were all out in the living room mom and dad's door has done that and it does it every time my but i was like it. in the middle of a haunted house and i'm like can we not my door did that one night and it was me mom dad carly and abby we were all in the living room you hear my door just click shut and we all like turn and look and we're all like okay i had my laptop with me i was like i've got this exorcism on my laptop if we need it it does no good for ghosts so it's only for ex- like well, expelling then I'll demons go, well then i'll go get you gotta go get some salt man salt a shotgun um if you have watched the show and you liked the show then definitely read the books um specifically because if you have watched the show then we all know what cliffhanger the show ended on and this book ended on that cliffhanger too but this book when it ended it actually gave you one little sentence that like tells you kind of what you can expect is in the room it doesn't say exactly but enough to be like what <laughs> so i'm ready to read the third one um yeah i'm ready to read book three i need some answers the next book i have on my list is the grimrose girls by laura pole um four friends one murder and a dark fate that may leave them all doomed after the mysterious death of their best friend ella yuki and rory are the talk of their elite school grimrose academy the police ruled Arianne's death a, as a suicide, but the trio is determined to find out what really happened. When Nani S. says arrives as their newest roommate, it sets into motion a series of events that no one could have predicted. As the girls retrace their friend's final days, they discover a dark secret about Grimrose. Arianne wasn't the first dead girl. They soon learn that all the past murders are connected to ancient fairy tale curses and that their own fates are tied to the stories, dooming the girls to brutal and gruesome endings until they can break the cycle for good. So, the main takeaway that I took from this book was literally, it's Pretty Little Liars with Magic, which, after finishing this book, the day after I finished it is when I started my Pretty Little Liars rewatch. <laughs> it did spark a rewatch. Um, trigger warnings for anxiety, bullying, child death, death of a parent in the past, emotional abuse, grief, OCD, and suicide in the past. Um, I give this book a four, writing a four, characters a four, plot a five, spice a one. Um, my only complaint was some editing mistakes. Um, there were a couple moments I thought could have been drawn out a little more as well. Um, but yeah, just some editing grammatical errors. Um, so that was the reason it got knocked down to a four. One thing I connected this book with was Pretty Little Liars, obviously. Um, each of the characters reminded me of a different character from the show, which honestly helped me guess the villain. Um, the fact that I knew who A was in the show, there was a character in this book that reminded me of that character, and I was like, I think they're going to be it at the end, and I was correct. So, there's that. Um, the only character I did not vibe with was Yuki. She kept yeah. getting on my nerves because she kept doubting everything. And she really gave me Cornelius Fudge vibes. Like, things are literally happening. People are getting killed and you still don't believe it. Come on. Um, 
So another thing I wish I had more info on was like Rory's development on who she was supposed to be in the fairy tale world because honestly I didn't know who she was supposed to be until we got to book club and I asked people. Then that clicked. Um and I thought Nani's character was out of left field. <laughs> yeah. Um so I feel like things could have been a little bit more like well developed. Um but overall I really enjoyed it. I flew through it. Um my favorite character was Ella. I loved her. I marked every page that her and Frederick are together with a little sticky tab because I love them. Um, yeah. Uh, the next book I have on my list is Holiday Star by Dr. Melissa Diamond. So I got to read this book as an arc read. Um, one doctor, one movie star, one house, one month until Christmas. What could go wrong? Dr. Gwen Wright is having a not-so-merry Christmas. For the month of December, she's alone, house-sitting for her mother and new stepfather. Her surgically precise world gets a plot twist when Caleb Lawson, world-famous movie star on the run from the paparazzi and his secrets, crash lands in her kitchen. Besides being a Hollywood heartthrob, Caleb is also her stepdad's nephew. He thinks he has as much right to stay in the house as she does, but as far as Gwen's concerned, she's the landlord and he's the squatter. Forced to share the small space, Gwen is drawn to the moody celebrity. Sure, sometimes he can be a Grinch, but when Caleb finally touches Gwen, it makes her jingle bells ring. <laughs> I have not read that until just now. But the future looms like a foggy Christmas Eve with no red-nosed reindeer to guide them. Can Gwen and Caleb overcome their differences? After all, she's ordinary and he's a star. Falling in love is going to take a Christmas miracle. Oh, so, I liked that summary. <laughs> just based off the summary alone, you might be able to guess my square the book. Um, trigger warnings for death of a parent in the past, alcoholism, and car crash in the past. Um, I think there's probably more trigger warnings, but I couldn't find more, so these are the ones that I thought of. <laughs> um, I gave the book a two, writing a one, characters a one, plot a two, spice a two. Jeez, um, The first 50% of this book had me. I really enjoyed it. I was flying through it. I was like, this isn't really my taste. I'm probably going to give it like a three and a half, maybe a four, but it's cute. It's a cute little holiday read. Um wasn't loving it, but I was in it enough to stick with it. Then somewhere around 53%, that is what the percentage was at when I felt this, around 53% began to lose me, and I did end up skimming through the rest of the book. Because it... I feel like every single Hallmark trope was thrown into this book. Every single one. It felt like a Wattpad story. Yikes, and I've read some of those. Um... While this may be a great read for those who love a good, quick holiday romance with lots of Hallmark moments, it's not for me. If you love Hallmark movies and you love the cliche, the ooey-gooey, the, you know, grumpy meets sunshine, if you're really just ride or die for that trope, this is going to be great for you. I'm not. I like unpredictable things. I like a little bit of I don't, I just don't tend to go for the romances that are like Hallmark movies. I like an unpredictable moment. I like tension, you know, a little bit of a slow burn if there is, but even if there's not a slow burn, like I need the tension. I need like 
something crazy to happen that's going to be a major plot twist for the couple. Like, if I'm going to read romance, I want to read, like, intense romance. And this wasn't it. This was, like, an ooey-gooey, cliche, corny romance. If you like that kind of thing, this is great for you. It just wasn't for me. Um, I was also very turned off by the roller coaster of events and the emotions of the main characters. It was... It was Harden and Tessa from after, but without the tension. <laughs> so there wasn't even anything to, like, keep you glued to the page. You were just like, oh my gosh, if y'all don't, quit. And then, so me and another friend read this book together, and she did bring up, and I agree, um, that one thing that was really kind of appalling is that they are grown, they are adults. Like, yeah. they are, like, my age or older. And... There are several moments with the female main character's mom where she's, like, really disappointed with her and, like, yelling at her like she's a child. And, like, telling her she can't be with Caleb because he's a he's a bad influence and all this stuff. And just, like, treating her like she's not an adult. And, her, and Gwen just going with it and being like, oh, you're right, mom. Like, it just felt really childish and, like, why are you doing this? Why are you the way that you are? Why are you acting this way? Um, shout out to Alyssa. <laughs> She's the one who was in that review. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It wasn't my favorite. If you like those kinds of books, then it's going to be great for you. Honestly, I got it as an arc read on NetGalley. I was excited about it. The synopsis is a little bit misleading I think because the synopsis kind of makes it sound like it's gonna be like hardcore romance and it's just not also with the synopsis I thought it was gonna be like the movie Starstruck from Disney Channel with more romance and it really didn't take that turn so it was okay um on to my final one was The Grim Rose Girls by Laura Pohl um as far as ratings go, I gave the book a four, a writing a three. That was due to the editing mistakes. Characters a three and a half, plot a three, spice a one. Um, I thought this book was fine. I think what killed me with this book is that it, it, I was still in my slump and it took me forever to read it. That's what killed me on it. Did not vibe with Yuki at all. She got on my nerves. Because constantly, I'm like, honey, everything's lining up perfectly and yet you're still doubting stuff. Like, things were literally happening to her, and she's like, I still don't believe it. I'm like, are you blind? <laughs> you must be. I was like, I've never wanted to scream at a character more to, like, go away. Thoroughly on my nerves. Honestly, I was really hoping she would die. <laughs> Just get her off the page. Um, I agree with Carmen. Did not get Nani's involvement with the fairy tales at all. That com come completely out of left field. Just didn't make sense. It did not make sense. There was like, no backup information. There was no like there was no foreshadowing to it at all. No. I did, however, I did order the second one. It's on its way. It'll be here tomorrow. Because I do want to read the second one. Yeah. It ended with enough of a plot twist for me to be like, okay, I, yeah, I'm gonna read the second one. Yeah. Is S it making my top favorites of the year? No. Mm -mm. But I'm curious. Um I did see some grammar mistakes. The villain I did, I predicted who it was about, like, halfway through. I was like, it's gotta be this person, because they are acting, because, kept acting suspicious. I was like, 
And I've watched enough true crime stuff to be like, yep, it's you. <laughs> um, I would say it was okay. Now, granted, I only read two books this month. Is this one my favorite of the month? No. <laughs> it's not. Well, I technically read three. We read Dante's Inferno. I'll give it a four. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, you only read two books, so it, it really comes down to, did you like this one better than the other one? Yeah. No, so it wasn't your favorite. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Yeah, I was curious enough that I have ordered the second one. I do want to read it. Um, it's not gonna go down as my favorite book of the year, but um, it was good enough for me to want to read more. So, I will say that. Um... Mm-hmm. All right. So that is everything that we read this month. Um, so I did put a poll up on our Instagram stories. Some people voted. Some of you got it right. So we are going to be starting another book review series. Um, and this one is going to be The Inheritance Games by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. I'm so excited. Um, so we'll be starting with that next week. Almost the next month. Next week. Um and we'll be doing all three of those. And then by the time we're done with that, the next episode will be our November wrap-ups. So, planned it out perfectly. Um, so, yeah. Wait, I did have that poll. Most people guessed The Hunger Games, which was funny to me. And I, it's just funny considering other things that are going on. But, um, yeah. We're going to be doing The Inheritance Games. A couple of people did just did guess that. So, I was very proud of that. Um... But yeah, no game this week. Um, if you would like to follow us on Instagram, that will be linked down below, including our personal social medias. Um, I have a bookstagram, which is, I don't know what I'm doing, but something's going right because I've been gaining followers and likes, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to keep doing it. So here we are. Um, but yeah, if you would like to see more of our book thoughts, and such follow us on our our socials link down below which is our instagrams and tiktoks um and definitely follow us on our page um on our podcast socials i'm trying to think of the word for it um and we'll because we always post like updates on new episodes and polls and stuff in our stories so if you would like to participate in those be sure and follow us and yeah rate us five stars follow subscribe let us know your questions and comments down in the comments below and we will see you guys in next week's episode thanks for listening bye, bye.